Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At the stadium, Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From the left, dear, one serves from the left. Whatever's gotten into you, Campania? Amy, post up in the bleachers. You're all The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together is on 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. It's Woman Crush Wednesday. Pick a song, favorite female artist or band. We'll play it for you. Send a request, plus for text on it, 410-583-1057. A little early Madonna for you. Bob Haney, Vinny Serato, college basketball started. Terps last night. Over Mount St. Mary's, here to talk about the start of the season and everything going on in the college basketball landscape of 23 and 24. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a national champion. He's an icon. He's on the WGK Law guest hotline. Let's welcome in Coach Gary Williams. Gary, what's happening? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing all right, Gary. And we'll start with Bob Knight passing away. Uh, last week, and I mean, you coached against him, obviously, when you were in the Big Ten together, and you, obviously you're Hall of Famers and fellow national champions. Just uh, best you can, Coach, talk about Bob Knight and his legacy and what your relationship may have been with him. Well, he's, you know, what what he did at Indiana um, when he was really rolling uh, was incredible. His teams were, uh, I guess I played against them seven times when I was in the Big Ten, and his teams uh, were really difficult to play against. Uh, obviously, they played good defense and very physical, but his offense was interesting in that they really didn't run set plays. He ran, he made sure the best shooters shot, but guys knew their roles as screeners, uh, passers, whatever. And um, it's kind of old school the way he played, but I really believe if Bob Knight was coaching today, he'd make some adjustments and be very successful because. He had the game figured out, and he was he was so set in his belief of how to play basketball, you could never shake him. Uh, he he was like Bayheim playing the two three for fifty years. Right. You know, it was the same way with Knight with his man defense, his man offense, 
and his belief in what his players should do to prepare for games, things like that. And it wasn't always popular, obviously. You know, he had his run-ins and things like that. But that every, every coach that coaches that long, you know, ha- has some things that happen. And, you know, that that's, that, that's you know, the things that are easy to pick up on, like throwing a chair and things like that. You know, I, I really felt getting to know him a little bit. He did a lot of those things. Uh, that chair throwing might have been planned a little bit because – it was a game in which, you know, you know they, they weren't playing well and, you know, whatever it takes to motivate your team to play better. I think sometimes you went over the line, but, you know, that was Bob Knight. That That's the way he handled things. All right, Coach, let's talk about this year's Maryland team. They win last night. You were there, of course, as the Terps take out Mount St. Mary's. It's a nice mix of veterans with Scott and, you know, Jameer Young, Julian Reese, and then this uh, top 15 recruiting class your early impressions of this team are what granted it's just the first game but you know expectations are definitely ncaa tournament maybe getting past the first weekend what's the ceiling for kevin willard's year two ball club well he's, he's coming off a year where he was undefeated at home in the big 10 uh made the ncaa won a tournament game so that, that's really a good first year coming in given everything going on with the transfer portal and the NIL. Uh, things have, you know, I think Rick Pitino is the best example of that up at St. John's, how it's changed the game of basketball. But uh, last night, uh, by halftime, Maryland was in control. They, they they weren't going to lose that game. And I think the second half, there was a lot of experimenting with combinations going on and not really putting your best five out there necessarily all the time, but wanting to see what certain players could do uh, with other players, and you have to find that out in games. You can't, you can't really do that in practice. Even a preseason scrimmage isn't the same as having people there, and you know the excitement uh, that that's generated uh, for a game in Xfinity. I, I think the thing uh, Kevin would look at today is the fact that they turned the ball over more than Mount St. Mary's, even though Kevin was pressing a, a lot of the game, and you don't want to see that. And there's two types of turnovers, just careless mistakes where the defense didn't really create it or the defense made good plays. And I think Kevin will take a, a strong look at that. And the other thing that worried me a little bit was the rebounding. Um, it was even basically 31-30. And a team like Mount St. Mary's is really athletic, but probably a couple inches shorter per man than, than Maryland. And uh, that's got to be looked at. You've got to keep people off the offensive boards. Uh, I think uh, Mount St. Mary's had 13 offensive rebounds and Maryland had nine. And that's not good. And that's, you know, everybody's got to be involved to be a good rebounding team. Your guards have to come down and help out, things like that in, in the rebounding situation. So, you know, but Kevin's, you know, he's not a rookie. He's He's been around the block. And, you know, the, the things that I'm talking about, I'm sure that's already been discussed with his team. Gary, how long does it take uh, in this day and age of college, uh, college hoops to, to really figure out what your rotation is going to be? Does it take longer than normal nowadays, given the fluid nature of the sport itself? Yeah, Bob, I think that's a good point. Um, it, it just seems like there's no team that's the same year to year anymore because of the portal mainly and the NIL situation where guys you know, go to greener pastures where they can make more money. Um, and so that's always going to be there now. That's that you have to accept that now. If you're a coach at the uh, high major level, that 
you know, things things are going to happen like that. So yeah, you have to, you know, it's it's an ongoing process. And like you said, I think November, December, you're going to see. You've already seen Michigan State lose to James Madison at Michigan State, for example. You're going to see a little of that, I think, because you don't know necessarily who James Madison has or how well they're playing together. Uh, where Michigan State got all the hype, but a lot of new guys. You know, it's their first time out there. Uh, a lot of a lot of nerves in those situations. So those things can happen. But you know, if you progress during the year, by the time you get to February, late February, people won't remember James Madison beat Michigan State. It'll be how good is Michigan State? How good is James Madison? It'll be the most important thing. Gary Williams, Hall of Famer, joining us here. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato. <laughs> Coach, with Maryland this year's team, and, you know, expectations are always high, as you know better than anyone. you got the national champion uh, banner hanging at Xfinity. What could you, what's the ceiling here, perhaps, for this team, based on what we've seen one game, of course? Well, I think uh, expectations are great because um, I, I've always enjoyed high expectations. That means people think you're good. Going into a game, that means the referees, you know, they, they read all, all the information, things like that. You want that um, little swagger that you get from being picked high, but you got to back it up. and That's the thing. And I, I think any anytime you've had a team that hasn't met expectations, that puts the fear into you as a coach that you're going to do whatever it can, to, whatever you can to make the team meet those expectations. And, you know, I, the, the players that you recruit at a Maryland, for example, you, those guys, they want the big game. So they want to be involved in a game that means whether you're ranked in the top 10 or top 15, whatever. And, you know, if you don't want that, then you shouldn't go to a team with high expectations. You should go somewhere you can, you know, play in front of, uh, you know, a couple thousand people and enjoy being a college basketball player. And there's nothing wrong with that, but, you know, the, the really great ones, they, they want the action. They, they they want everything, the crowds, the, the expectations, all those things. And I think Maryland's in that position where that's what, you know, Kevin Willard expects of his team. That's what the players on the team expect. And, you know, here we go. It's it's going to be an interesting year. Hey, Garrett, talking about recruiting again, you know, what the can Maryland compete with the NIL people that are spending big bucks to get the five-star dudes? Maryland can compete. Uh, the, the problem becomes um, there's a couple schools out there, and you guys know them as well as I do, that there's no limit to what they'll give a player. Uh, I think you saw that with Hunter Dickerson uh, when he came out. He, he went he, he during his time at Michigan. He complained about Maryland under recruiting him or whatever. So now he he comes out. He says he's going to play his last year somewhere else. Visits Maryland. And Maryland offered substantial money, big-time money, for one year to uh, play basketball. And he, he, you know, visited Kentucky and Kansas after that and wound up going to Kansas. And, you know, so the money talks. You know, that that's the most important thing in recruiting right now for the big-time player uh, is how much, you know, can you come up with, with your NIL program. And it's a shame it's gotten to that, but – the NCAA uh, has created a situation where that's where it is right now. Hopefully somebody smarter than I am can figure out a way to put some guardrails on it where it's not like that all the time. But uh, right now that's where it is. And Maryland can compete at a, at a very high level. They've done a good job with the NIL, which is really an important part of your program now, obviously. And, you know, Maryland has done a good job. Now, 
you know, you there, there's, you know, I mentioned Kentucky, Kansas. You probably throw Duke in there, maybe St. John's with Rick Pitino's ties to Wall Street when he was the Nick coach up there in New York. There's a, a lot of hedge fund guys and things like that running around up there. So, um, you know, that's that's what you face. But, you know, I, I, I think as, as long as you are a capable coach, I think at Maryland you can get – you know, guys good enough to play anybody. And that's what you want. You know, you, you know, just be good enough to be in an arena with a team, even though they may have spent more money than you on a particular player. And, and a large part of that is, too, is uh, how good is your is your fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth men? You know, everybody knows about the, you know, the, the really good players. So it looks to me like Maryland's pretty deep this year. The kid Geronimo, for example, from Indiana, you know, he's not going to score a lot of points for you, but he can guard anybody from like six, eight down to six feet. So, you know, guys like that, they're, they're what you need, you know, to be successful over the course of the season. Cause every once in a while they have to step in and play a leading role. And I think Maryland has good enough people in those positions now where they can do that. If somebody gets in foul trouble, if somebody gets hurt for a game. Hey Gary, you know what I don't like about the portal is, you know, like when I was at Notre Dame, the day after signing Lou Holtz to say, okay, now we got to de-recruit him because we've been kissing our ass for so long, but you can't do that anymore because kids, kids don't handle adversity anymore. If they have any little issue, boom, I'm leaving. You know, that's what I don't like about the portal. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, you see a lot of coaches on the sideline uh, clapping a lot these days instead of maybe pointing out some mistakes because they want that kid to stay in their program. So they're, they're not going to get on them like a Bobby Knight or maybe even me, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> so those, those days are, yeah, you know, I, I think those days might be done, but two things with the portal. Number one, it gives a kid an out. Like you said, uh, like I went to Maryland in 63, I was a freshman. Couldn't play varsity your freshman year back then, but, 64 my first year, I walk out in the court. I was the shortest guy on the team. And I looked around and I go, oh, man, I shouldn't be here. So I called my father. And basically, he said, if you d- dare to transfer, he said, I'll, I'll kick your butt back down 95 from New Jersey back to Maryland because you're not transferring. That was it. That, that was the end of that question. Nowadays, a lot of parents, they'll say, well, yeah, you should be playing more. Uh, yeah, you're not getting enough shots, that type of thing. So the kid goes into the portal. And then the, the second part of that is when you go into the portal, you get bid on a lot of times. In other words, you, you, everybody sees your name in the portal. All of a sudden, this school calls somebody that's close to the kid, an agent, AAU guy, whatever, and says, we'll give him this much. And AAU picks up, the agent picks up the phone, calls another school and says, hey, X school said they'll give him this. What will you give him? So you become bid on a lot of times if you're a good player when you go into the portal. And that that's... That's not what it's meant for. The kid's right to transfer, uh, you know, a kid should have the right to transfer. Whenever you transfer, you lose credits. Uh, the next school doesn't count all your credits no matter, your, no matter where you're coming from. So educationally, which is never talked about, that kid gets behind right away uh, when he transfers. But, you know, the big thing is the NIL and the ability to have the transfer portal. I think those two things have been dramatic in college basketball the last two years as the shot clock was when it came in and the three-point line when it came in. 
and the billions of dollars that the network spend for the NCAA tournament and the conference rights. He's Hall of Famer Coach Gary Williams, national champion. Coach, appreciate the time as always. Thanks for joining us on this Woman Crush Wednesday, and we'll talk to you throughout the season, hopefully. Hey, thanks, you guys. We appreciate it. There he is, Gary Williams, everybody. It's Vidian Haney, 105.7 The Fan. When we come back, it's a whip-around trip. What happened in the world of sports last night? We'll get into that. What happened historically? We'll talk about that as well. We got Vinny breaking down the Ravens offensively on film. If you want to join us via the phones, you can at 410-583-1057. And Mr. Electricity, he's not leaving via the portal. I mean, the bids aren't high enough yet for Nola McGraw. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Vinny and Hades with Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes. The best crab cakes in Harford County. 1057 The Fan. All right, time for the whip around video at Hitty 1057 The Fan. It's Woman Crush Wednesday. If you're on the phones, we'll get you here in a second. So hang tight. We did Maryland winning last night, 68 53 over Mount St. Mary's. Julian Reese, 18 and 8. Deshaun Harris Smith and Jameer Young both had 12. And Maryland didn't shoot all that great from beyond the arc, only three for 16. But uh, they'll get better, I would assume. <laughs> we'll follow along as this season plays out. Next game is against Davidson coming up this weekend in the Big Ten last night. It was Indiana 69-63, Florida Gulf Coast. Iowa blows out North Dakota 110-68. to And it was Michigan all over UNC Asheville 99 to 74 college football maryland is at nebraska saturday we'll talk more about that tomorrow of course maryland's lost four in a row both teams are five and four winners bowl eligible yep maryland two and a half point favorites which is kind of mystifying at this point as nebraska has been kind of on a heat they're good at home four and one at home they lost last week at michigan state though which is Maybe egregious because Maryland thumped Michigan State. A lot of people thump Michigan State, yeah. yeah. But Maryland has been the thumpy lately in last week against Penn State. So the Terps 
trying to get to the bowl, the leveling up, as we've talked about many times with Chip Patterson, Pete Futak, and Mike uh, Felder and others, uh, ourselves. That's not happening. Now they're just going to be lucky to make a bowl game, Vinny, which is not where you want it to be at this stage. No, and we talked about that. Uh, I mean, you've talked about it forever. You don't want the mayonnaise bowl anymore. We don't want the pinstripe bowl anymore. You know, you want a you want a real bowl. You know, you want January one or you know something like that. All right, uh, your your goal was to beat one of those three big teams. If you do that, you're playing in a big bowl. You know, you're winning nine games or ten. You know, and every other year or something. You know, and and you're not getting blown out by those teams. Okay, Ohio State played pretty good, and then Penn State you get blown out. I mean, at home. Yeah. Just like, what, two years ago, who was it, Bob? Iowa? Iowa spanked yeah, yeah. on that Friday night, and then Penn State in 2019. Remember that yeah. Friday night? It's just, you figured you're beyond, okay, you lose to Penn State. You're not embarrassed. But getting embarrassed in the loss, you you figured you'd have been on that. But anyway, we'll talk to Damon Evans. I'm sure he'll be, uh, he was ready to kick ass last week. He might literally drive here and beat us both up. He'll be literally <laughs> kicking some ass here on Vinny and Haney. It's the whip around on this Woman Crush Wednesday. NBA, everyone was off yesterday because it was election day. Wizards back on the hardwood tonight. One in five, oh, and four in the row. They're at Charlotte. Wizards through six, through six games. Listen to this. They're averaging allowed. Points allowed. 128.7. One twenty-eight. Point seven. So take Charlotte laying the two and a half and bet the over. That's what I would do. But then again, I'm usually wrong. NHL caps back on the ice tonight. Taking on Florida. Caps been off for NHL's an interesting uh, yeah. sport because you get three, four days off. So you play three out of four days, then you get off for four days. Yeah, it's yeah crazy, crazy schedule. And Ovi, I think, has got one goal. You know, this is the slowest start he's ever had in his career. San Jose, by the way, the Sharks beat Philadelphia, which prevented the worst start in NHL history. <laughs> so there you go. Good for them. Yes, because they're bad. Well, they've been losing games like literally 10, 10 to up. 1. Yeah, yeah, that's just hockey. Two games in a row. That's football losing like 70 to 3. Right. That exactly. sort of thing. So San Jose, congratulations to the Sharks for doing their thing. Whip around here. Let's do it. Where are we going? All right, 1972 at the Civic Center. The Bullets in their last year in Baltimore beat the Buffalo Braves, who are now the Clippers. 126-94. The Big E, Elvin Hayes, 25 points, 20 boards for the Bullets. Kevin Porter had 19 and 12. Bob McAdoo had 16 points, a rookie at that time. Out of North Carolina, 1966. On this date, today's November the 8th, by the way, Frank Robinson was named most valuable player of the American League. Triple crown winner for the Orioles, who won the World Series. He became the first, and I believe still only player, to win uh, MVP in both leagues. He had done it previous with the Cincinnati Reds. 1971, Memorial Stadium. The Colts beat the Rams on Monday Night Football. Tom Maddy, two touchdowns. Ted Hendricks, remember him? The Mad Stork, Hall of Famer. By the way, scoop and score, 31 yard TD. Bambi, Jim O'Brien kicked the field goal. Colts improved to 6 and 2 on their way to the AFC Championship game. And then three years ago today, speaking of the Colts, the Ravens were in Indianapolis. Winding down in this opening quarter. 
Cutting it to the outside. Taylor keeps the legs churning. And he lost the ball. Ravens have it. Down the sideline, Chuck Clark hurdles and still going. Clark goes all the way. Touchdown, Baltimore. That sounded like Iron Eagle. And CBS Sports, Chuck Clark, speaking of scoop and score, 65, fumble recovered, Jonathan Taylor, taking it to the house. Let's see, Gus Bus had a TD, Lamar rushed for a TD, Justin Tucker kicked a field goal, and the Ravens beat the Colts at Indy 24-10 to improve the 6-2 of the year. The Ravens would lose to the Bills in the divisional round of that year's playoffs, which we'll get to as we get to those appropriate dates. It's Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. It is Woman Crush Wednesday. If you're on the phones, we'll get you when we come back. You want to get in, you can. You got any mid-season grades for the Ravens at 7-2? and two? We're going to be doing ours later in the show. Talk about Maryland's win last night against Mount St. Mary's. Had a caller earlier, I believe it was Pat, said, hey, Kevin uh, Willard's recruiting. Not up to par. Not up to par. You agree with that? It's only had one recruiting class. But, hey, we'll follow along as uh, time progresses here. Anything you want to get into, we're talking about it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You're on the fan. Your sports information station, 105.7 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Got film study breakdown of the Ravens offense in a second, but let's get out to the phones. Bob Haney, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw, Ravens back at it today. John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and others will meet with the media. Let's go to Woodbury. It is Joe. Joe, thanks for holding what's happening on this Woman Crush Wednesday. I kind of figured you'd call me once I jump back on the total gym. But anyway, thanks for calling me. <laughs> hey, Vinny, I want to thank you, Vinny, for some of the stuff you were saying yesterday, man. I wanted to chime in and, and, and give you a salute. But uh, I guess it wasn't in the cards. Quick Draw was giving away offering, and the, and the line stayed busy so long trying to get those daggone tickets. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and that caller that was talking about Q, there's one thing I can say about Q. You know, I was I had some sympathy for him for all the quarterbacks that they haven't had over the years. Because you remember how what it was after we won our first Super Bowl, you know, the quarterback carousel. But we never bash quarterbacks the way he bashed our current MVP. Only one, only one loss against the NFC. See, I can bust a rhyme on him, but I wonder how does his fantasy football team look? Because he, he talks like he could be a general manager, and it's always about what I want. You know what I mean? But um, I'm glad he's there because uh, – I like to uh, play him in mad, and I'd probably beat the pants off of him. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to talk about the IRL stuff, man, with the basketball stuff and all that. I think there should be some type of cap on what a school can offer a player. 
you know, have it regulated like, no, nah, you, you ain't giving um, – that's just like football. You remember how – I mean, baseball is like that, man. You can give them anything they want. But, you know, how they put the cap on football, mm-hmm. you know, but that's a team cap. I'm talking about a personal cap of how much money you should be able to give a player in IL money and, you know, try to regulate that. That way, you know, one school offer you, let's say, a hundred grand. It don't matter if the other ten schools offer you the hundred grand. It's just that which school you prefer to go to. You know what I mean? Uh, That'll never happen. Yeah, but how do they do that? That'll never happen. That's why I'm not commissioner. See, I'm saying, see, if the right people. Well, the NCAA has no. they have no jurisdiction over that anymore. They're busy chasing down Harbaugh for giving away cheeseburgers. Look at, look at uh, Caleb Williams. What he he does commercials and stuff. He does lots of commercials. He but does that's, doctor. That's your money. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. That's your money. That's right. the money you. And see, one time they forbidden you to make your own money. Right. That's what they did. And now I'm, I'm for that. Let me go out and get my money because they like to say, well, what we give you to come to school is all you need. No, if I can go out and sell myself and provide, you know, because what was the boy Odom? Because one time, I don't know if y'all know this, uh, EA had a college basketball game. No, it was, was uh, Ed O'Bannon. Yes, Lord, man. Yeah, I, it was I Coach K. I had that game. I've still got it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, Joe, and Joe, as you know, since you played it, and it was based on the 95 season, it was <laughs> Sega Genesis. It was Maryland, right, for instance, using them. Number 32 was Joe Smith. Ball head, skinny. Number 22 is Keith Booth. But they didn't get it. Ed O'Bannon was 31 for UCLA. It was them. It was their images and likeness. But they didn't get a dime because they didn't use them, their names. Coach Cave's name was splattered all over that. That Ed O'Bannon's like, that's me. Left-handed number 31 for UCLA. Why am I not getting paid for this? Right. And, and that's right. what was, started all of because that. Because of him, that started all. And I'm glad for that. And then one other thing you just said, man. I'm sorry to hear about this thing going on with Joe Smith. I don't know if y'all heard that. I ain't going to talk about it. I just heard about it. What, he lost you know? money? Lost all his cash? Is that what it is? They say he made at least $51 million and he had some type of term on all that. I'm like, man, that's, you know, it happens to some of us Great. sometimes. One of the best yeah. players in the history of Maryland, and I think we forget about how good he was. Yeah, man. yeah. Because y'all going there, I got to get back to work, man. I'm trying to show my stomach off this summer. I need a six-pack. You got a total gym, so do I. Mine is great holding up my sweaters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, all, right, all right, Joe. <laughs> There's Joe Woodbury. It's video at 8105.7 The Fed. All right, we're going to get back on track here. We got to get to this film study. We got to get to these grades. We're going to take a break. Is that appropriate, Nolan? It's 410-583-1057. It's Woman Crush Wednesday. Get on in here on The Fed. Breaking down every last second of game tape for Sunday's matchup. Who's your connection? You sound like a cop to me. Who's your connection? Enter Vinny's film room on 105.7 The Fan. Ravens. 7-2, winners of four in a row. First place in the AFC North coming off a destruction of the Seattle Seahawks in first place still in the NFC West. Let's break down how the Ravens looked offensively. Hey, you put up 37, you must be doing something right. Film study. Yeah, you know, the thing is with, with the offense, I, I, I liked a lot of, I mean, uh, Todd's throwing in some new stuff because um, a lot of people probably don't notice. A lot of times is they'll put Ronnie Stanley over at the on the right side with Moses over there, and then um, Andrews will be the left tackle. But they used him on that. You know, they they just swapped it and put him on the right, and that's that little pass he caught in the flat the one time. So there, and then a couple of those screen passes, Bob, and um, thirty three for them. Um, Jamal Adams? 
he made a couple great plays. I mean, you know, missed blocks and stuff, but they could have been wide open too. Um, now, the only – talking about Lamar, the only thing that he did bad was the deep balls. And on one of the deep balls that Bateman's got the corner beat, and the corner is to his outside. So Bateman's on the outside right, and the corner is to the right of him that running, you know, between Bate and the sidelines. And the safety, it's got to be Lamar's read. The safety in the middle of the field is taking the deep in. So there is nobody over the top. All he's got to do is just lay that ball up in the middle of the field and let Bateman run to it because the DB's on his back. And he throws it, you know, number one, it was way too far, but he throws it to the right side. You know, which you know would have helped the DB, but he—I don't know if he knew, didn't know that he did that he had the whole wide open field, but it was wide open. You know, because he missed like three deep balls, and then he missed one to Bateman on a slant route that I think I think Bateman was expecting it in the first window, and he threw it in the second window. Other than that, Lamar had a hell of a game throwing the football, you know, and running the football and scrambling around and making plays. I mean, because Ronnie Stanley stunk up the joint a couple times with Mafe. You know, I mean, he got beat right off the right off the get go, and Lamar had to outrun him. You know, down the sidelines, end up getting like 15 yards. Are they helping Stanley at this? No, they point did not the with Mafe. I don't think they, uh, Bob. I would have never thought they would have with Mafe. I, I thought, you know, he was watching him on film, Bob, and then watching the game Sunday. He was better than I thought. You Boy, know, Mafe out yeah. of uh, University Minnesota. of Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. he he's he's good, but because he, he's quick. They, they said on TV, Bob, he had the second quickest get-off of all the pass rushers other than Miles Garrett. So, yeah, he's going to be good for them, and I kind of undervalued him a little bit. But now the O-line, I thought Simpson, on, on some things, I think he, he struggled a little bit. Like when, when they got kind of congested, like when, when um, either Stanley or Simpson would pull from their left side to the right, they wouldn't get any movement. They get stuffed. And in the back, uh, I think Mitchell uh, one time, and then uh, Justice Hill one or two times just got stuffed because they didn't get any movement. Um, so I thought, other than that, in the past, I thought McCarty did a nice job in the past. Um, Simpson did pretty good job in the past on on Mitchell's touchdown run. Oh, Simpson, I got it on film. He he takes that. Defensive tackle, he's moving him, got his feet moving and pancakes him, you know, on the ground. It was nice. And Linderbaum, Linderbaum played well. It's like the comboing up to the linebackers and stuff, they did good. And you know what's funny? Like watching that game, it was like that first, the first quarter, you know, they weren't getting a lot of movement and stuff and they were stopping them and there was like it was a punt fest back and forth. And offensively, you know, they kind of, I don't know if they started wearing him down because you saw, like, the D-tackle for them, 55. You know, he was playing pretty good in that first quarter. You know, then by the third, third, fourth. I mean, they're knocking him back five yards off the ball. I think they got tired, Seattle. You know, and, and the Ravens just kept boom, boom, boom. You know, and then they'd go hurry up and stuff, too. Whenever they want to run tackle end over, they hurry up to the line of scrimmage so the defense, you know, doesn't see him right away. Now, the receivers, I thought... I thought the receivers ran good routes. thought they ran very good routes. I thought Bateman ran good routes. Odell, that's that's the best he's done since uh, I thought he did it good against Detroit. 
He ran fast. He ran explosive because he was creating separation. And I, I thought this is the best. This is the best DB group that they were going to face. And you know, and his route for the touchdown was a beautiful route. It was on twenty-seven. You know, who's I think he was Pro Bowl corner last year. So I, I thought uh, he did good. And Andrews, Andrews was always open. And, and the the nice thing was likely, you know, because he got some balls and he got a chance. You know, this is the first time that Todd Munkin really, in real life, that some of the stuff we saw, like, saw his yak ability. I mean, because he was carrying people, you know, so he had four catches. So getting him involved, you know, he probably got uh, a few more um, touches down the road because of what he did. And then the running backs, I thought they ran hard. I mean, they all broke tackles. Gus Bus. Gus Bus, you know, that first drive of the third quarter, boom, yep. you know, takes it down and runs through tackles and stuff. That was great. And then uh, in the end, you know, the goal line runs, he wasn't, he wasn't going to be stopped. I mean, and they did a good job coming off. And you're not going to arm tackle him down around the goal line. You're not going to arm tackle him because he's got too, mo- too much momentum going. And then uh, Mitchell. Mitchell shocked the crap out of me because um, I knew he was fast. I knew he was explosive, and he provides something different. I didn't realize he was that strong because you we you know you never really saw him do that at practices and stuff. But and even in the preseason, Bob, I, I didn't re- recall like him running through that many tackles, arm tackles, because he broke a million tackles, you know, on his runs. So that was extremely impressive, and that's kind of you know what uh, I think what they're hoping for is he provides four three seven that they don't have probably be I'm guessing he's probably fastest guy on the team you know Duvernay track wise but he doesn't play it but sure. you know Mitchell plays that fast so thought he did a I mean that was that was a nice shot in the arm I mean some people ask Tarbs you know you glad you didn't trade for a back I mean because if they would have traded for whoever you know we'd have never got 130 yards from Mitchell you know so maybe they they you know they lucked into this po- I mean, they knew that he was a good player, but opportunity and to take the opportunity like he did, that was a hell of a deal, you know, uh, for him. I-, I was I was happy for him. So overall, offensively, Bob, I think this, I think they're getting better. I think they're making strides offensively, and it's all about Lamar. And it's all about the receivers running running routes. They, they seem like they run much better routes at home. You know, Detroit and, you know, and, and this game. And last time I checked, Cleveland games at home. Yeah, and Cincinnati coming up next Thursday as well. It's Vinny at Haiti, 105.7 The Fed. That's your film breakdown of the offense. We'll get to the defense coming up around 12.45. They have the Ravens destroyed two first-place teams defensively. They've done a good job. The Lions, Seahawks have scored less than 10 points combined. But let's bring Nolan McGraw in here, if you don't mind, coming up on the top of the hour. Quick draw, how you feeling? Feeling good, feeling good, excited. You guys are setting the stage for this Sunday's game. Defensive matchup. Mm-hmm. I seem to remember, though, back when these teams faced each other, God, what was that? Week uh, four. Week four. 28-3. Correct. And a big part of that, no doubt, was Dorian Thompson-Robinson being thrown into the fire. And he look, he just wasn't ready. He didn't look like an NFL quarterback in that game. But I agree with the caller we had earlier, Jason in East Baltimore, Lamar, two passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Two running touchdowns for him as well. The run game as a whole, 131 yards. Mm -hmm. They've already proven that they can score on this Browns defense. Yep. 
And again, DTR giving the ball right back to the Ravens. You know, that defense, I'm sure, was a little more gassed than they were used to. But I'm not worried about facing the Browns' defense. They don't scare me. They shouldn't scare the Ravens either. (laughs) And as far as, you know, statements and all that, I seem to remember the narrative going into that game was, well, the Browns have the best defense in the league. The Browns have the best defense. It's on the Ravens to go in there and win. Pressure should be on them now. They're down 0-1 in the season series. They got to come to Baltimore this weekend. They need a win. They got to prove it. I agree with you where the pressure's on them. The only thing that makes it tough is it's second time you played them. You know, Mm -hmm. like you say, why is Lamar so good against the NFC teams? He sees them once every four years. Mm -hmm. You know, where these guys you see twice a year. They know everything you do. I mean, because they're studying you in the offseason and everything. So it's hard to get anything over, you know, on each other because you know each other so well. You know the personnel so well. And that's why... You know, and it's a physical tough game, and they're both good. You know, that's what makes it even tougher. I love the trash talk from Garrett, too. I know rubs some fans the wrong way, but yeah. that's what makes the game exciting. Well, Roquan, Roquan talks. Was going to say the yeah. same exact thing. He was riling them up, talking about the dog pound going into that last game. Yeah. I expect him, he might talk today. I hope he does. Yeah. Because he's going to have something to say. And let's be honest, it's not like Miles Garrett said he'd take Zach Wilson over Lamar Jackson. Right. right. I mean, Joe take Burrow. Joe Burrow. I mean, I've said that. That's, yeah, you had multiple <laughs> times. You still feel that way? I, I, here's what uh, I said. Oh, today, uh-oh. I mean, if it was today, Bob, for this game, I would take Lamar just because Burrow's been hurt and stuff. But for the long haul, I would take Burrow. It's been 881057 the fan. We got time for Funhouse or no? You make the call. It's your deal. Uh, no, we'll we'll get it later. Don't uh, worry. All right. We got news for the next coming up next. Good to hear from that Miles Garrett. If you missed what he said, we'll have that coming your way. We're going to hear from John Harbaugh as well. Buy or sell. Where's that money midweek style at 1215? Kyle Barber is going to be joining us at 1230. Baltimore beat down. He'll preview this Browns matchup. Ravens six-point favorites. I think that line's rather hefty, but then again, what the hell do I know? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 